As I mentioned before, we're coming into our Thanksgiving holiday this week, this Thursday. And, you know, it's as we kind of bring out each year, it's, it's really a reminder. That's why it was set up as a reminder to be thankful because we as human beings sometimes forget. We forget to say thank you, right? That it's not natural because it, that, you know, saying thank you is looking outward and we in our nature looks inward to ourself at times. And so sometimes we need a reminder, you know, we need to say thank you um, and to be grateful, right? We're, we're grateful for as a, as a nation, but we're grateful even more as the people of God for what Christ has done for us. You know, not just for the place that he's given to us, uh, that he's brought us to, that, you know, for what he's done, his sacrifice, but also his life. And even the life he now lives for his people. I was actually just thinking about that verse in Hebrews. Um, Hebrews 7.25, you know, talks about salvation, but also what's happening after his sacrifice on the cross. It says, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come to him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. You know, Christ is able to save to the uttermost, to the fullest level of completion. You know, not just to come to him, but to the uttermost, to the fullest, to the utmost. And, and he is ever living to make intercession for us. I'm grateful for that. Are you grateful? He is living to make intercession for his people that we will come to the uttermost of what he has for our lives and what he wants us to enter into in this life. And that's something to be thankful for. It's a, as I mentioned, it's a good reminder to express our thanksgiving to the Lord and you know, to each other. And because we need to make it a practice, right? It's something that, as I said, doesn't come natural. So what do we do? We have to practice it through repetition, reminding ourselves, you know, I need, I need, to, I need to be thankful for what God's given because sometimes we get caught up with what we see and what maybe what is not yet fulfilled of what we desire and so forth. And we get caught up in that. And um, so it's easy to, to forget, you know, asking the Lord for what we desire, what we long for. You know, even as a, a minister, I find myself, you know, praying and asking the Lord, Lord, meet with us in this service or in this message. And, and sometimes it's even been a few days later. It's like, you know, I asked the Lord and he came. I never thanked him. Lord, thank you. <laughs> we have to remind ourselves. We don't want to be forgetful in that department. You know, how much in our lives goes unthanked? That's actually not a word. <laughs> that was, in Microsoft Word, that was underlined in red <laughs> as it didn't recognize it as a word. But, but you know, I think it, it expresses the meaning, right? I want the events in my life and the goodness of God that I've experienced, and I want it to be covered in thankfulness with an expression of thankfulness and so I just wanted to look with you at that, that thought as we're you know, coming into the, the Thanksgiving holiday. And, but even more to see that, how, how it plays out in our lives as believers and how important it is and how powerful it is. 
And so some thoughts we can, we can look at from Scripture. Psalm 103, it has some important thoughts about remembering what the Lord has done for us. Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and here's a commandment, forget not all his benefits. We are a forgetful people, and so here's the commandment, forget not all his benefits. Because what has he done? He's forgiven all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagle. And so that's the commandment. Forget not all his many benefits, all the blessings, all the goodness of God that we have received. Now, we've all go through hardships, and some have experienced harder things in life than others. But, you know, no matter what we've experienced in life, we're still in this position because Christ gave his all for us, and he's still giving it. And we are to, you know, commanded to remind ourselves not to forget. Because we can get so focused in this life, we can forget what Christ has done for us and what he's still doing and what he wants to bring us into. And when we count up all the things that, that God has done for us, how merciful he's been, how he's answered prayers, he's heard our cries, he's met our needs, and sometimes even our desires, our wants, um, it gives us an idea how thankful we should be. You know, Colossians talks about those who are established in the faith, but we're to be established through adding something. Colossians 2, 7, that we are to also be abounding with thanksgiving. Now, if you, you don't have to say it out loud, but if you gave an honest examination of your, of your life, would you say you've been abounding with thanksgiving? Well, this is a good reminder that that is what it is to be, that we, you know, and, but I've, I've found it only happens through practice, through reminding, you know, I need to be thankful. I need to be abounding in thanksgiving because that's a part of coming to the fullness of God. You know, we often desire the blessings of God to abound, the peace of God to abound, the joy of God to abound, but a part of, of that coming to the fullness is we need to ensure we're adding an ingredient to the mix, which is thanksgiving. Right? And so if we're going to be established in God, then we must be established in a life of being thankful to him and to others. You know, we want to have that flow out from us as, a, as an expression. Another uh, verse related to our relationship with God of you know, coming into his presence that we're familiar with in Psalm 100. It's not many verses in this psalm, but this is, a, this is a pretty important one. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. There's a, it's a double emphasis, right? When the Bible says it twice in the same verse, we need to open our, pick up our, our attention and our ears Right? We enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and then we're to still be thankful after that. It doesn't stop at the gate. 
it continues on. You know, and it's like Thanksgiving is that ingredient that has to be added to our faith in order to enter into his presence. You know, we can have faith, we can believe in God, but there's things we have to add to our faith as, as we know from other, other writings in the New Testament. But that, that's an ingredient that is necessary. When you're missing a single ingredient, even one ingredient can vastly impact what you're making, right? Have you ever made something and realized, oh no, I left out an ingredient. What's that gonna taste like? I heard a story, someone who's trying to make a new dessert, you know, finding a new recipe, and so they're excited to make it, and they're kind of preparing it, and invited someone over to, to taste it and see if they liked it. Um, so they made sure they filed the recipe and the baking time and all that, but I guess they hadn't tasted it themselves. So they cut it up and gave it to the person and said, well, how do you like it? She's hoping for a good reaction and uh, she saw her friend's face and it was a different look than she was expecting. And her friend said, did you put sugar in this dessert? She said, yeah, I measured it out. I put the right amount. It's like, well, I don't think you did. Um, you definitely put salt in it. And to her horror, she realized she had carefully measured out salt instead of sugar. And, you know, it was just one exchange of an ingredient, but that made a huge difference, right? It changed it. It was inedible. And so in that same way, when there's a lack, some ingredients you can get by with the lack of it and it just doesn't taste as good. Other ingredients, if, you, if you're missing it, it's just like, I almost can't eat this. But there's, there's a pr perspective we want to remember with the Lord is we are commanded to give our heart to him and mix in that ingredient of thanksgiving. And so we don't want our sacrifice for the Lord to maybe taste that sacrifice or partake of it and be like, well, it's, it's okay, but it sure is missing that ingredient that makes it, makes it appealing, which is thanksgiving. It's needed even to come into his presence. I think we all want to experience the presence of God. We all want to abide in the presence of God. And so we have to remind ourselves and constantly come back to that place. What's my level of thanksgiving at right now? Is it abounding? Because that's the, I mean, it, it needs to be a mounding cup that needs to be added in to our, our offering, you could say. A grateful heart that recognizes, that remembers, that acknowledges all of the good things that he has done for us. Of course, what's the, what is the goal of the enemy? See, the goal of the enemy is to get our eyes on our trouble, our worries, what we don't have that we want. And when we get on that, then we start, Lord, what's going on? You're, you're not doing this or, you know, and... Our, our thanksgiving level can go down and down because we're, you know, he's got us to look in other places. Well, that can affect us experiencing the blessing of it that comes from his presence. One of the stories that Jesus brought out that's a good reminder of this, Luke 17, remember the story of the 10 lepers? You know, they came asking to be healed and, and so Jesus said, well, go and show yourself to the priest. Follow the law. 
and show the priest that you're healed and you, you'll need to offer the sacrifices and, and so forth. But as they were walking, all of a sudden they, looked, they realized, that would have, I'd like to watch that replay in heaven. Them walking along as lepers and somehow they must have just looked at some, and my hand, it's normal. You know, no more leprosy. Nine of them just kept walking on. All right, let's go show the priest. We're, we've got it made. Only one had that thought in his heart. Oh, I need to go offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving to the one who did this. And so Jesus says, or it says in Luke 17 and verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was a Gentile. And Jesus answering said, weren't there 10 that were cleansed? But where are the nine? You see, I think that's a question that's still being asked in heaven today. I've done so much for the people of God. Where, where are they all? You know, here's one. I did something for him, but he's, he's only one-tenth. I want to be in that portion, don't you? I want to be among that tithe, so to speak. Uh, you know, I think the Lord deserves more than that, but whatever number that is, I want to be in it. I want to make sure in my heart it's programmed and practiced to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And so it was, it was the faith of this, this leper that enabled him to respond to God in obedience and walked, but, and, and he was healed in his body, but there was something else. It was his spirit of thanksgiving that caused him to turn around and say, you know, I, I need to, before I go, I need to express thanksgiving to the Lord for what he's done. But, you know, he entered into something else that the others did not. Because Jesus, when he beheld this one, he said, you know, you're the only one that's returned to give glory in God to glory to God. And so he said to him, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And I, I think there's an implication in that statement. He was made whole more than just in body. But something was affected in him. Something was changed from that day forward. You know, there was a work that was done. And that's, that's the work of thanksgiving, the offering of thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. It allows God to do a work that makes us whole. Now there's other places in scripture that show us how, you know, thanksgiving is, is kind of an ingredient to where we experience the fullness of something else, of other things. Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's what we want. I want the peace of God. In the great turmoil that's going to rise, and you know, as Jesus talked about trouble that's going to arise in the earth, and he said, don't worry, it's not the end. In fact, this is just the beginning of sorrows. What do we want to reign in our hearts? The peace of God. 
to rule as an umpire, as it speaks of in the Greek. But look what he says, to which you are called in one body and be thankful. And so here is these two concepts. He's talking about, uh, Paul is talking about the peace of God ruling and in the very same breath and be thankful. And that speaks something to us. You know, thankfulness is an ingredient. You know, sometimes we think of, uh, you know, we've talked about the, the garden of our hearts and how we're to plant a beautiful garden or allow God to do the work of, of planting a garden and, you know, his different plants in Scripture speak of the fruits of the Spirit that he wants. But, you know, we all put additives if we want a good garden, right? We put fertilizer and good soil and water and so forth. It seems like an additive that we need to include in our lives if we want to, to have good fruit is thankfulness as a key ingredient, a thankful heart, a heart that, that offers the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving because we want the fullness. We want, we want the miracle grow plants, right? We don't want the little spindly plants. You go to Lowe's and get that, you know, and you're not satisfied with that. I want it to grow big. I want the big tomato, the big, any, you know, whatever you want to grow. You see, there's things we can add to our faith to cause great fruit to come forth. And so in one sense, you could say that we want to develop a maintenance routine in our spirits. And part of that is by maintaining a thankful heart, remembering to express gratitude to what, uh, for what God has given, what he's done. You know, the problem is that, is that when we stop being thankful, it's, it's kind of like we stop that maintenance program in our spirit and things can start to creep in. And, and it's kind of like our, our spiritual well and our spirit can get blocked up by things that, that the thanksgiving would normally allow a good flow to maintain. You know, maybe it can get blocked by thoughts of discouragement or fear or worry or self-pity or, you know, all of those things. But it's like when we, when we take our eyes off that, which we have to do to be thankful, because being thankful is saying, Lord, you've done something so great and I'm going to take my eyes off that and I'm going to look to you and be thankful for what you've done. And it's like that allows a cleansing to take place. It's like a flushing out. Many of here in Florida, we all know what it's like when our AC stops. Why? Because the, the, the drain line has gotten plugged. And so normally we have to get up there and we had to flush it out some way with the hose or, you know, run a rod through it or pour vinegar down it. And if, if you live up north, you might not know what I'm talking about. You have to you have to have a central air and it turns off in the most inconvenient times because it has not been maintained. But you know, there's things in the spirit that if we will maintain them, it causes that flow to continue. And so we want to, to be careful to maintain that flow always so that our well does not get blocked up with all of those things that the enemy would cause us to focus on that prevents the flow of the spirit. But thankfulness, is so important. You know, when you think about this lack of thankfulness, that was actually the problem from the very beginning. 
the lack of thanking God and appreciating what he had done. You know, we think of the highest of creation or the highest angel was Lucifer or one of the three archangels in scripture. We kind of get the, it's not said explicitly, but we kind of get the idea. He was maybe the highest of the three because he directed the worship unto God. You know, he was created with magnificent beauty. There was no other creature like him. And, you know, he had instruments made as a part of him. But something crept into his heart that instead of being grateful for the position he had been given, um, he wanted more. So he started having thoughts. And then he started making statements. And you can read in Isaiah, the five I wills of Lucifer he, he ceased to be thankful for what he had had, and he wanted more than God had appointed for him. And he started to seek his own fulfillment. You know, you, you might have heard it been said before, unthankfulness can be the first step to backsliding, which is scary, right? A lack of thankfulness. And we, we can understand that from what Paul said in Romans in Romans chapter 1, it talks about a mind that once knew the light, but was then given over to darkness, vanity, and corruption. And so when he says that, he, he says this in Romans 1 verse 21 of why. And he says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. You see, thankfulness had ceased now, I think that's, probably a, that's a part of it, but that's a key lack in their lives that could contribute to that. But they were not thankful, and so what happened? They, became, they sought other things and became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And, of course, the first example of that is Lucifer. You know, the Lord knew that. That was a part of his plan. He wasn't a surprise to God. But, you know, sometimes you think if only he had kept that realization of what he had received and had been thankful. But that's a big what if because God, already, God knew what was going to take place. Well, we could say that of Judas. If only he had held on and expressed thankfulness for what God had done for him, the opportunity but instead he expressed the opposite. You know, of course, what's the opposite? Complaining. <laughs> you know, one of his books, Pastor Paul Karam shared a story of uh, a group of individuals that had started drinking and had become intoxicated. And, um, and something remarkable happened is the enemy started to speak from this group. Uh, they had some demons, uh, demonic activity. And the the demons started speaking from this group and they said, we love feeding upon misery, bitterness, sorrow, regret, criticism, complaining, and self-pity. It's like when, the, when those things are put out into the airwaves through our voice, it's like that's like a buffet to them and they just come to feed. And so, you know, these spirits are intangible. And so they feed on what is intangible, which can be, you know, the, the words that come forth from our heart. And especially complaining is a food that really draws them 
kind of like sharks when they when they uh, they they can smell blood in, in a in the water like a, miles away. They can sense the little molecules, but it's like that in the spiritual realm. And so when we allow thanks unthankfulness and start to complain, it draws trouble our way. But I I think thankfulness is like the opposite. If if something attracts them, there's also things that repel them. Do we want to repel the enemy? Then we just need start need need to rehearse the things of God that he's done. Forget not all his benefits. And it's not just in our mind, but I think the idea is express that upon our lips. And then the enemy shall flee because that repels him. And so thankfulness is, it has many benefits in our lives. You know, Pastor Bailey shared about a, a minister who, who said one of his favorite verses to quote to his, his teenage daughter was uh, when they're growing up was Psalm 144 and verse 14 that ends with this. It said, let there be no complaining in our streets. He didn't want any complaining in his household because he knew, you know, what does that draw? But when there's gratefulness, oh, that causes the peace of God. Thankfulness causes the peace of God to reign and the enemy will flee. And so, you know, his, his response was, I won't want any unthankfulness being proclaimed in our household. Just thankfulness, rejoicing. That gives the enemy no room. A couple more verses and we'll, we'll close here. But, but, you know, God wants to bring us to the place where we can even thank him for the difficulties. That's really, that, I think that's the next level, right? There's, we, we all know, okay, I need, to, I need to remember to be thankful to the Lord for the, the good thing because sometimes I can forget. But what about when we experience hardship? Well, the Apostle Paul didn't give us any room for uncertainty. In, in Ephesians 5 and verse 20, he said, Give thanks always for all things unto God, and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no ambiguity in that statement. Always for all things. You know, it's so much greater to thank God for a disaster than to thank Him for a blessing. It's greater to thank God for trouble or for passing through trouble than when you're passing through a blessing. You know, now it's not that we go out asking for trouble or asking for a disaster, but you know, we're looking to him as the one who can work all things for our good because we love him and we're called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8, 28. And we're believing. We're believing that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we're declaring that. We're it's a proclamation of our faith. And that's something that is, has great value in the sight of God. I think the Lord appreciates it when we say thank you in the good times and the blessing. But he appreciates it in the hard times because in that, it's a true sacrifice. And we're paying a cost. It's not a, it's not a cheap statement to say, Lord, thank you because I believe you can turn this and you will turn this for good because you love me. There's great power in that. And just to confirm that 
the Apostle Paul really meant what he said. We also have 1 Thessalonians 5.18, where he says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, I've shared this story, I think between Sarah and I and Pastor Jason others, we've shared this story multiple times, but about Corey Tenboom and the concentration camp, right? And, and her sister, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't well, but she was able to see with spiritual sight the need to stay thankful in that horrible situation. And even, you know, and she said everything. Even for the lice? Yes, even for the lice. And so they had a, a, a meeting. Lord, thank you, even for the lice. You know, and one day they realized, you know, I wonder why the, why the guards don't come into our bunk room and we're able to have a Bible study in our bunk room. And they realized, oh, it's because all the lice have also decided to take up residence in our bunk room. And that's not fun, but the guards never bothered them. And they could have Bible studies and they could share Christ with the other prisoners. And they realized it was worthwhile to give thanks in all things through Christ Jesus. There's great power in that. And I'll share one last, one last story. You know, I remember one of the most powerful moves of God, um, well, really some of the most powerful moves of God we've personally experienced were at our summer camps, you know, when the youth were there. And I remember one time there were some some of the kids had been through some really difficult situations in their lives. But there were prophecies that were coming out saying, I want you to thank me even for those difficult times. And the kids started to get a breakthrough because they, were, they started praying out, Lord, thank you that you're with me even through these difficult times. And I thank you for those times because you're using them and you're meeting with me. And there, there came a breakthrough where the joy of the Lord came in that camp like uh, I've experienced very few times in my life. That's probably one of the greatest. And they danced and almost till we couldn't dance anymore. The joy of the Lord came upon. The rejoicing came, but it was because of a breakthrough of thanksgiving. You know, and so I, I share that just to emphasize that's an ingredient that we want to remind ourselves to continually add to our lives. Lord, thank you. You know, in the good times, especially when we pray and, we, and we're asking the Lord for a need and he meets that need, let's not be unmindful of that. Oh Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for meeting my need. You answer our prayers. But then especially in the difficult times, Lord, I thank you for this time because you're, you're causing my heart to turn to you to cry out to you. And Lord, I thank you also that you're going to meet me in this and you're going to turn it for good. There's great power in that because it is a, it's an expensive offering that we're giving to the Lord that he greatly values. So as we celebrate this Thanksgiving holiday, let's remember to give thanks always for all things, for this is the will of God. Lord, we do just stand before you today. Lord, we're here because of you, because of what you've done, because of your great sacrifice, and because you, even now, are ever living to intercede for your people that we could 
attain all that you have for us in the fullness, to save us to the uttermost, oh God. And Lord, we just want to, to come today to give you thanks and give you praise because you are so worthy. And Lord, we just even ask, Lord, would you just touch our hearts and do that work within us that we would remember, oh, to be thankful, Lord, to remember all that you have done for us and all that you will do and that we would offer and be those who would offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving, of praise unto you. Lord, we thank you. We bless you because you are worthy and you have done great things and you will do great things for our lives. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Maybe we could just close and just sing this chorus once more with a grateful heart. I'll live to praise your name.